everyone. This is Carrie. You're about to hear an interview with a former Scientologist. He is also a former church staff member. His name is Trevor Heasley. Before you hear that, we need to do a little housekeeping. So Trevor makes a number of claims in this interview about his treatment while he was working at the Scientology Valley Org. And we could verify some, but not all of those claims. So we reached out to the Church of Scientology. We sent them a list of the most important claims Trevor makes here. And they claim that Trevor makes false statements in this interview. We'll give you their entire response at the end of this episode. Um, we should also note that Trevor uses some language here that's imperfect. He uses some legal terms like assault, and he's using them in a colloquial fashion. So please note that his descriptions of these alleged events, those descriptions are more important than the imperfect terms he gives to them. Before we begin, a note to any Scientologists listening. We will talk to you. If you are a member of the church or of their media team or have any connection at all, please get in touch. We are happy to have you on the show. Anytime you can respond to anything in this interview, you can just tell us how great the church is. We want to talk to you. Thanks. And here's the interview. Hello and welcome to Oh No, Ross and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Carrie Poppy. And I'm Ross Blotcher, and uh, we are super excited to be here today with none other than Trevor Heasley. Hello. Welcome, Trevor. Thank you, guys. So we heard from you because you contacted us and said, I listened to your Scientology investigation and things kind of changed for me. So why don't you tell us about that? Well, you guys actually, during one episode, had um, said if somebody is still in, that you would like to hear from them. And at that, that time, I was still in, and I contacted you guys, and then um, a lot of interesting things happened after that. <laughs> as as okay. I recall, you would listen to two episodes, yeah. and you said, hey, I'm willing to come on. And I think we responded and said, well... Let's make sure you listen to more just so you don't find out later you hate us and you regretted coming on. But you did that to your credit as a Scientologist, an active Scientologist. You kept listening to this show. So let's rewind just a little bit because I mm -hmm. want to hear just how long you were in Scientology. How did you first find it? Well, I was on staff um, for about a year and a half. Uh, I found, what, Scientology or how I found you guys? Scientology. Scientology. I, I used to walk past the Valley Org about every day on my way home, and there was this gentleman standing on the corner, very awesome dude, very nice. He would always ask me to come in, and I would tell him no, and then he would ask me to come in again, I'd tell him no. One night I was at the bar, and like, I had a few drinks, and I walked <laughs> past him again, and he's like, hey, come on, and I went... All right, let's do it. And, <laughs> what uh, what year about was this? Uh, probably about two years ago, year okay. and a half had or so. To, had to be recent because that Valley Org, which we mm. mentioned in one of our follow-up Scientology episodes in North Hollywood. It's fairly young. Yeah, hasn't been around too long. When I started there, they were about two months or so into their uh, life. Okay. I was going to say it's all bright and shiny and, and clean, but all Scientology orgs are pretty yeah, bright oh, and shiny. Yeah, it's still clean. bright, shiny, and clean. They, we, we, we used to do a lot of cleanup during that when, when we worked there. We would clean everything. There was about an hour a day where you just clean, 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 clean. Oh, well, that explains mm. that. Okay, so you said no the first couple times he stopped you. Did you have any prior knowledge of Scientology? What made you say no? I had heard some you know, negative things. I was like, you know what? I need to stay away from those people. They are scary. 
And then, you know, the guy was just, he kills me with uh, kindness. So I, I just, you know, every time I'd walk by him, he would ask and he would ask. And then eventually we just started talking. And then, you know, the last time I went, I was, you know, a little tipsy and he invited me. And I went, sure. So I watched a whole bunch of videos and they had a few, which, which kind of made sense to me at the time. You know, there was a video about suppressive people. And, you know, I was like, you know what? They I'm... showed you a suppressive people DVD on the first day? Well, yeah, it's, it's right in their, uh, their, their lobby there. You know, okay. you, you can go in there and, and <laughs> okay. ask to see the video on suppressive people. Or they kind of break down what a suppressive person is. Okay. And, and our faces flashed on the screen. <laughs> well, no, no, it, it wasn't about like you guys oh, or anybody in, in particular. It was about the, the types of people who are right. suppressive. Uh -huh. And, you know, at that time I was, I was going through some things and it, it, it did make sense. It explained a lot. You thought, oh, I know who those people are and I need them out of my life. Correct. Correct. Yeah, kind of those those negative energies. Correct, correct. Okay. And, you know, they, they said, hey, we're going to help you with that. So I, right on. And, you know, so I ended up going to their Sunday services a lot. And then one day I was asked to be on staff. Okay. And I said, sure. You know, so I, I joined staff. So did you have a job before then or were you? Uh, I did. I did. I, I was a telemarketer in the afternoon. Okay. And in the, the evening, I worked at um, the Pasadena City College. I was a TA for their uh, editing class. Oh, wow. Okay. And so did you have to give that up in order to? Eventually I did, yes. Okay. And so you must have been Sea Org if you were staff, right? I was not Sea Org. There, oh, there's, okay. You have staff and then you have Sea Org. Okay. Sea Org are those guys who signed the billion-year contract. Right. I signed a two-and-a-half-year contract. Okay. <laughs> All right. I was like, I don't know if I'm whole ready for that billion years yeah, thing yet. You know, that's a really steep drop off right. between a billion years and two. And a half. You know, like when you're going somewhere for like a few weeks, and they're like, "Hey, sign a billion year or a two and a half." You're like, you know what? I'll take the two and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just to get started. Right. Yeah. It's a, a few orders of magnitude there. Now that means also that you have a different outfit as well. What, yes. What were you wearing mm. as a staff member? Uh, black pants, like a, a black blazer, a black vest, golden tie, and a okay, white shirt I've underneath with, with a little name tag. And I already. Right. Learned this from Trevor. The suit is reversible. It is. What? If you reverse the vest, it's uh -huh. gold. That's usually for like the more formal events. Oh, very fancy. Right? Yeah. Did you get to keep it when you left? <laughs> they didn't want me to keep it, but I did not return it. Oh, so I, I still have it. I still right. have it. I figure maybe one Halloween I'll, I'll wear it again. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> okay, so you were in there for two and a half years. At what point did you start thinking, ah, eh, maybe things aren't so great here? All right, so I was in the uh, the basement in the, um, the the room with all the all the computers. I would design their flyers, stuff like that for in, internal use, basically recruitment, propaganda, stuff like that. I would de design it. So what was your title? I was the director of public promotions. So what I would do, um, I would wow. place, place like ads in newspapers, design those, and so I was like my my job was to get the word out to the valley about this organization to get people in or to buy a diet Dianetics book. Okay. And what kind of hours were you working? Um, at first, I, I was working evenings, and then they asked me to, to give up the uh, college job. So I was there from mm -hmm. about 8.50 in the morning to about 10 o'clock at night. Whew! That is wow. a long job. Long were you day. making decent wages? Uh, sometimes about 100 bucks a week. Sometimes. Oh, my God. I mean, it, it would honestly, it would go anywhere from like 500 bucks a week to about 50 bucks a week. Okay, so you gave up this job at the city college and the telemarketing job, and mm -hmm. obviously this must have been a, a tremendous wage reduction. So did you just think, oh, that's because I'm saving the world? It is drilled into your head that what you are doing is the most important thing anybody has, has ever done. Like, mm -hmm. this is the greatest thing you can do. It, it trumps everything. Like, like you, you think you're doing good at the college, you're saving the planet in this church. 
Mm, so it's tapping yeah. into a very positive place. Absolutely. Like, I mean, come on. If somebody gives you the opportunity to save the planet and make it a better place, uh, yeah. won't you jump at that? Of course. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's what was, was presented to me. Like, I'm going to help clear the planet. Yeah, yeah. But were they able to offer you benefits like housing or food? Quiche. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, so actually, I, I want to get on the, the quiche. Um, the, okay. the, the only gripe that I have with your previous podcast <laughs> is it, I've never seen quiche. We we, we never put out quiche. I, <laughs> oh I didn't even goodness. know what quiche was. I had to Google it af- <laughs> after listening to you guys. That sounds revolting. It's hard uh, to Google, too, because it's spelled Q-U-I-C-H-E. Yeah. Autocorrect did help me on that one. <laughs> okay, good, good. Oh, that's that's wild. Maybe it's just a big blue thing. Nope. I think it's just one guy in the kitchen who loves quiche and just puts it out there for everybody. That's we, so funny. We tried not to talk about this too much beforehand, but Trevor did tell me, I've got to pick on one thing, though, that you said in your podcast, the whole quiche thing. We, <laughs> That's so funny. Now, I will say, we've had other Scientologists tell us they've quiche experienced is a thing. the quiche so, thing. But Valley Org, no quiche. No no quiche that I've seen. I the mean, quicheless org. If they, if they are involved with quiche, they're, they're keeping that very, un, like, <laughs> very well hidden. If they're involved in big quiche, they're really covering it up. Even from those who were there two and a half years. Um, Okay, so then where in your tenure there did you start to think maybe things aren't so good? All right. So when I first started, I had just got over a, a breakup with mm. my my kid's mom. So I was living mm. in a hotel down the street, which is why I had to walk past the org every single ah, day. Okay. So they said, hey, we're going to put you on staff. And now across the street from the org is a big apartment building. Mm-hmm. They claim to have 14 units available that the apartment building gave the church to just do whatever they, they want with. So they said, OK, one of them is going to be yours. They're still in, currently building it at the moment. And, um, you know, as soon as they're done. It's all yours. So the, the promise was housing, yes. Okay. Hmm. And then when did things go bad for you? Well, the, the housing was always two weeks away, two weeks away, two weeks oh. away. So it was kind of like dangling that, that carrot. Hmm. Now, I had gone across the street to the, uh, the apartment building about like maybe six months later, and they had no idea what we were talking about. They did not have a deal. So they ended up placing me in a uh, kind of like a Scientology boarding house. Okay. Which, um, I don't know, I, I, I did send, send you guys a video about it. It's... It was really like terrible living conditions, to be honest with you. Mm. There was like a lot of bugs. And there was mold. Um, just a, a bunch of things that Gosh. were just very unpleasant. Yeah, yeah you mentioned a, a black mold. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Not good. Yeah. So I, I spent a lot of my, my time getting sick. And that's one of the reasons uh-huh. why I ended up leaving the, the church was because I, I, I kept getting sick. Yeah. OK. So it seems like there were a couple couple issues that were mounting. Correct. Correct. And then how did listening to our show, did that play a part in your leaving? <laughs> so I started listening to your show. I was in the uh, basement and I had Googled Scientology logos and uh-huh. I saw a, a picture of Avner who, who works there. Oh, right. And I was like, well, that's kind of odd that, you know, these SPs are are using Avner as a pitcher. So I reported you guys. I was like, these guys are doing wrong. And what's the process for reporting us? Do you send an email? Do you call somebody? I I just go to my superior and I say, hey, look, these these guys are using an image which I feel they shouldn't be be Uh using. So let's get them. You know, I was a jerk. Yep. (laughs) I don't know that you were, but okay, you reported us. They asked me, hey, have you listened to them? And I was like, absolutely, absolutely not. You know, 
And I was already two episodes in at that that time. Uh, Mm. (laughs) But you knew that saying yes would get you in trouble. I still got in trouble. Oh, okay. I went through what they call a PTS handling, which is I I was a potential trouble Trouble source. Right. Correct. So I I had to go through that. That was kind of a weird process. So a PTS is someone who's sort of indirectly in contact with an SP usually. It's anybody who like is in in contact. Yeah, correct. with, with, With an SP. You immediately become PTS. If you've listened to anything negative about the church, um, watch certain television shows, you become PTS. Or Googled an image on their website. Because as far as they knew, you hadn't even listened. Correct. You were Googling just so you could find the Scientology logo, right? Well, yeah. For your work. Correct, correct. (laughs) I I was looking for a logo to put on my flyer because I I designed the flyers, you know? So you go to Google to look up certain logos that you you can use. There was nothing wrong with that. Very normal. Right? So now that you're a potential trouble source, Mm -hmm. uh, what do they do to you? How does that take place? They sit you in a little room with an auditor. They make you hold the the cans and they ask you questions. You know, have you had any contact with an SP? Um, are you FBI? Are you? They, they have a lot of questions. Oh, wow. And then if your needle floats, you're good. Right. How'd you do? Uh, my needle floated. Oh, good. Oh, okay. All right. FN, doing Interesting. good. I mean, were you, you had to be nervous during this interview. Absolutely. Like, yeah. I, I'm nervous during this interview. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would be if, if someone was grilling me on whether I work for the FBI. Right. Good job with your floating needle. Now, Trevor, do you work for the CIA? I do not. Oh, okay. Okay, good to know. Good to know. Floating needle. No, he, he's, he okay. checks out. <laughs> Ross carries an e-meter with him at all times. Okay, so you passed that. Mm-hmm. Did you get, I don't even know what you call this, relinquished from the status of PTS? You know, honestly, I, I, I don't know. All I know is at that point, they said my needle had floated, and then I never heard anything more about it. Okay. So I'm going to assume I, I, I passed. Okay, congratulations. Okay. Thank you. So that was the end of that as far as they were concerned. But you kept listening. Absolutely. And you said that as you got to around episode seven, eight, somewhere in there, that we said some things that I think I said something that you felt kind of crossed a line. You you had put out there, um, if there is a Scientologist listening, you know, like somebody's like, you know, sneaking away or somebody allowed to a listen, run, run right now. Get out of there. And like... <laughs> I was like, you know, maybe he's right. So I started looking wow. around. I started paying attention. And you were absolutely right. At least in my case, that was the best option for me was just to get out. Wow. So there's a big jump here now. Like, what what about Ross saying that made you say, like, oh, shit. Like, I am in a bad situation. Was there a line that was crossed or... It was the fact that that I got into trouble just for, like, mentioning Mm. you guys or Mm -hmm. mentioning that, like, I I knew who Leia Remini is. And at that that point, I had seen, like, like little bits and pieces of her show. And I was like, ah, that's bullshit. Mm. You know? And then, like, I I tried telling them that you guys were not bad. Because at that point, again, I had already listened to you guys. And, you know, I was about a few episodes in at that that point where I went into my PTS. And, you know, they had some follow-up questions later on. Like, have you listened to it? And I went, actually. Actually, I did. Oh, now, good for you. I said, I, in my personal opinion, I didn't feel at that time that you guys were SPs. You went into it with a very, very open mind. And I, I respected that. And I was like, they're, they're not bashing us. They're not making fun of us. They, mm-hmm. They're just telling their story. And so far, it's very, very positive. You know, and like I tried to explain to them that you you guys might actually be doing some good. And Mm -hmm. I kept getting into more and more and more trouble. And to me, that just seemed a little odd. Yeah, that you couldn't you weren't allowed to like listen to critics. Correct. It's kind of a red flag. Yeah. Yeah. One thing you you do not do is you do not listen to anybody who criticizes the church. You you shut them down or you shut them off. Now, you had made a decision sometime around then 
that it was time for you to leave, but you needed to do some things first. You wanted to document the process. You called us, Mm -hmm. and uh, I think you told us at the time you were a bit inebriated then, uh, which is a great great transitional lubricant, I guess, for life. Sometimes I do drink, yes. (laughs) But I remember we talked at that time, and then we didn't hear from you for a long time, Mm -hmm. and we were worried about you. We're glad to see you're okay. But can you tell us a bit about what's been happening for the past few months? Uh, for the past few months, I've I've been out and um, things aren't going really that well. I I still live in a kind of like a, a Scientology boarding house. Oh wow, you I'm, still live there? I, unfortunately, I still live there. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. Now, do they own the building? I, I don't know. There's one gentleman in there who kind of like runs the house. I, I don't know if he's the uh, the owner or, or not. Oh my gosh. But Scientologists are constantly moving in and out. Oh, wow. Okay. But so, you're no longer working for the church. Correct. And as of the airing of, of this podcast, I'm sure I'll be officially declared SP. Um, right. Okay. So if anybody's listening to this and they have some housing available in the San Fernando Valley, maybe hit us up and we'll connect you to Trevor. A- absolutely. Great. Okay. So you're still living <laughs> still, there. Yeah, Sorry, I'm that really there. took me by surprise. Um, <laughs> I, I almost wanted to invite you guys down to, to do a remote from the living room. I, I just thought that, that would have been amazing. <laughs> that would have been amazing. And we will still come by if you like. I'm still open to Let's it. Let's do a follow-up. Oh my God. I love it. <laughs> and we can find out who owns that building for you. I know how to Why do not? it. Yeah. Um, okay. You still live there. So what what else has been happening in this time? Like, tell us about the, the process by which you became not a member. All right. <laughs> you ready? I'm ready. There, uh, one morning, I'm sleeping in my room. Now, keep, keep in mind that this house was very um, unhealthy. There was bed bugs, so oh. my daughter couldn't oh, really no, sleep. No, that's the worst. Your daughter oh. was living there, too? Absolutely. So, oh, so she, she couldn't sleep in the uh, bedroom. So I set her up on the couch in the uh, living room. Now, she woke up screaming. And I'm like, what, 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 what's going on? Can we yeah. ask how old is your daughter? She was 12 years old at the time. She's 13 now. Okay. okay. All right. So she woke up screaming and, uh, I, you know, I, I had heard the door open and a close. And I was like, what, what's going on? So my uh, mother, who lives there too, she came in and like she said, I think some, something happened to Megan. So I talked to Megan. She woke up to a camera flash. Oh, At no. about 6 o'clock in the morning. Okay. Now, oh, no. the, uh, the owner of the house um, or the dude that I, I believe is, is the owner ran, got into his car, and took took off. What? So I, I sent him a, a text saying, hey, what's going on? He, uh, I, I was taking a picture of your dog. And I said, okay, well, that, that's... In my home? I was like, well, that's, that, that, that's a little oh, bit weird. you know what? I just realized I might be picturing this wrong. Mm-hmm. You said she was sleeping on a couch in the living room. Correct. Is that the living room of your unit or of the whole building? Of the uh, the whole house. Okay, got it. Oh, You know, okay. I, I figured she was pretty safe there, you know? like uh-huh. okay. So I said, okay, great. That, that's awesome. I would like to see a picture of my dog. If, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's smart. If you've Very taken a, a picture smart. of my dog because it was breaking a rule, show me the picture of my dog. Okay. Uh, I deleted it. I said, well, that, that's a little odd. Huh. So I reported him to the, uh, the church. I, I thought that was very odd. And that's when I was kind of let go. Oh, okay. So, so this is after you had been scolded for listening to mm-hmm. our show. Correct. Then this guy comes in the middle of the night, takes a picture of your either dog or daughter or both. Then just for saying, please let me see the photo, that's when because you got I, no other explanation? I wasn't satisfied with, with his answer. If he would have shown me a picture of my dog, that, that would have been the end. I would have mm-hmm. said, hey, you took a picture of my dog because it was breaking a rule. That, that's what he was claiming. Um, that's that's what he and told me. And then you ran away from the building for no reason. Right. It, it was a little odd. Yeah, yes. it was yeah. A, it was a little odd. Sure. You know, but but I, I wanted, like, I, I was so hoping yeah. that, hey, you 
were taking a picture of my dog because it was breaking a rule. La- later on, I asked him, you know, what rule yeah. was the uh, dog breaking? And he said, well, I hadn't really thought of one yet. What? <laughs> it didn't work out my alibi. Okay. Right. So, yeah, how did this play out? What, what's happened since? Um, basically, the church said, that's fine. He was take- taking a picture of your dog and it's explained away. And like I said, well, come when I see a picture of the dog. Said, you don't need to. So basically, Sorry, okay. they they uh, covered that that up, and right. I, I like that's kind of one of the things which made me start to think that some of the things I've been hearing about the church might actually be true. Okay, mm. just that there's some sort of creepy monitoring going on. And their reaction to your whistleblowing? Yeah, they it was it was just kind of like swept under the rug, and you know, let's pretend it never happened. Okay. Okay, and then. Did they actually say you can't be a member anymore or did it just sort of slowly um, happen? I was brought down downstairs and was informed that be, because I'd been getting sick, you know, because of the the environment and all that, that they were letting me go. Ah, OK. And I, you know, I, I personally believe that a lot of it happened because I re- reported another Scientologist. Now, I, mm-hmm. I, I followed their rules. I did not go to the police like I should have. Mm-hmm. I tried to report it internally, which is what you do when you're right. a Scientologist. Mm-hmm. You do not talk to the police or anybody like kind of like outside government at all. But they haven't forced you out of your living space? A little while ago, they uh, tried to sue me for lack of rent. Now, I've, I've been paying rent, and they're, they're claiming that I, I haven't paid a penny. They tried to, to sue me for that. I went to court. I presented my evidence, and I won. Oh, okay. congrats. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So when did that happen? Uh, that was about a week and a half ago. Okay. So now they can't evict you? Correct. I, I got about two more months to uh, stay there, and then, then I'm out. Okay. Now, personally, I, I'd like to get out of there right away. Sure. Because, like, I, especially after this podcast, things are probably going to get a little bit weird for <laughs> Come me. Come to yeah. a head. You said you'd posted at one point on social media. Yeah about no longer being a Scientologist. I had posted, I am no longer involved with the Church of Scientology. Now, I was brought in and I was accused of attacking the church and all kinds of ugly things. So I was like, you know what, mm-hmm. to, to make you, you guys happy, I'll just take it down. Okay. So I did. Magnanimous of you. I, um, I posted another one this, this morning. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say this morning? Um, I could read it for you. Just, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, basically that I was doing this podcast and let me actually find it here. Sure. Yeah. You guys can edit, right? Uh Oh, yeah, absolutely. Fair enough. We can edit. We can audit. (laughs) Don't don't talk about auditing. (laughs) The only way out is through, Trevor. (laughs) And you're pretty certain at this point the OSA is monitoring your posts. Well, yeah. They had actually brought me down and said, we we know that you wrote this. They they knew about all the comments at at the bottom. So, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure my account is being being monitored. I even, in this last post, I even said hello to the OSA. I'm I'm trying to be be polite to everybody. (laughs) Got to acknowledge everybody in the room. So were you actually an official member of the church or just an employee of the church? I was both. Okay, so you did sign that thing that Ross signed saying, I want to be a member. I signed a two and a half year contract that I was a member and that I I was on staff. Oh, okay, so you have to become a member of the church. And you were the IAS as well. I was a member of the IAS. I I, I had my my year free free membership. Mm -hmm. I have chosen not to renew it. Oh, interesting. Here's a big surprise. (laughs) You know, you should renew it. Just see what they do. I don't think I would really be welcome at this point. Oh, strange. Uh, no, wait. All are welcome there. I've read about that. Unless you're homeless or have a camera. Oh, uh, homeless. Or they just don't like you. I, I would think that homelessness might be something for them to latch onto and say, oh, we can give you room and board. But no. Well, originally I, w- I went in there because, you know, I, I had the promise that I was able to help people. Mm-hmm. So I, I did one day. I brought in a, a homeless gentleman mm-hmm. and the guy was awesome. I mean, the, the guy was super cool. 
I brought him in and they got really upset with me because he was a little bit dirty. So I was forced mm-hmm. to um, basically read his OSA results. Mm-hmm. And one thing I was instructed to do, which the OSA results did not actually say this, but they wanted me to tell the guy that he was suicidal and that they gave him what? they gave him two weeks before he started cutting. So I was put in this position like, do I try to convince someone he's suicidal? Oh, oh my God. I, I, no. I couldn't do it. I asked him. I was like, hey, are you suicidal? He said no. I went, oh, fair enough. Now, you said OSA results. Did you mean OCA? Oh, o- OCA. OCA, yes. Oxford Capacity okay. Analysis, yes. Um, no, not affiliated great. with the university. Okay. I cannot connect to the internet in here, so I cannot. Oh, okay. Facebook. Right. We're, we're in a little Faraday cage recording right now. Oh, right, right, right. Well, maybe we'll look at it later and edit that in. Yeah. Fair enough. We pulled this up later on Facebook, and Trevor had posted eight years ago, if you're going to be dumb, you got to be tough. And then he reposted it earlier this day and said, I posted this eight years ago today. It has never been more appropriate than today. I'm on my way to record a podcast on Scientology and the dangers that lie within. I know this account is being monitored. Hello, OSA. But I feel I cannot stand by and let this happen to anyone else. If you are reading this and currently still in Scientology, I recommend the Aftermath Foundation. I do not recommend violence or any kind of destruction of property. I do recommend using your voice to share your story. Hashtag aftermath. Next, the conversation moved to how Trevor felt that in Scientology, the blame is constantly reflected back toward you. Um, well, everything is my fault as far as the uh, bed bugs, as far as any problem that I've ever had in the, the church, the gentleman taking a picture of my daughter, the sexual assault on my mother. It was all my fault because at some point in a past life, I must have been a bad guy. And this is karma. Or I'm connected with an SP, and this is why it's all happening. Now, you mentioned a sexual assault on your mother. Mm -hmm. Was that while you were a member of the church? Well, actually, no. That was not when I was a member of the church. That that happened about two months ago. But everything that happens to you bad is Mm -hmm. your fault. The the example I I was given is this. Let's say you uh, go to Ralph's, and you park your car in the parking lot. Mm -hmm. And you go in, and somebody breaks, breaks your window and steals your stereo. Mm-hmm. That's your fault. Hmm. Because, I don't some, because something you did in a past life, karma is catching up with you. Ah, right. So it wasn't even a, you know, what were you wearing sort of thing. It's a, you know, what were you doing in a former life? Correct. Oh, wow. I mean, there's no way to defend against something like that. Right. And of course, all the bad things happening to Scientology, that's not their fault. Of course not. All the, all the criticism. Right. right. The Remini's docu- that's er, always docuseries. other people. Right. And of course, it's all post hoc logic. Yeah. Where you're looking after something has happened and then adding a layer of explanation. It's non-falsifiable. There's no way to argue back against that. That, yeah. that frustrates me just thinking of being in that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and they, they also blamed it because I was I had listened to you guys and I, I knew oh, who. Oh, we did it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They they even mentioned your name to me during that, that meeting because I listened to Ross and Carrie. And oh, wow. I had seen an aftermath episode that all the bad things that are happening to me in my life at this point is my fault. Oh, my God. Sorry to dig at an open wound, but I just want to make sure I understand with uh, the incident with your mother. Mm-hmm. Was that a member of the church who assaulted her? He or? is a member of the, the church, one okay. of the uh, the uh, roommates. Um, I probably shouldn't mention, mention any names yeah, for le- legal purposes fine. and all that. Yep, but um, my, my mother had knocked on gentleman's door and, you know, asked to borrow like 20 bucks. 
So he said, sure, here's 20 bucks. And then she went to walk away and he called her back, stuck his hand in his pants, started masturbating and then said, hey, I'll give you another 40 if you want to watch. Now, at this point, he's like already doing it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so she she called the uh, cops Mm -hmm. and um, they explained it away through the church as I have a history of false reporting. Now, the only thing at that point I had reported was my my daughter's incident. Uh So it got, again, swept under the rug and the police believed them. There is an ongoing investigation right right now into that okay. but as by far the as police correct yeah we 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 overstepped and we called the police which is why i am no longer allowed inside a scientology building except oh. the one you live in I, I mean as far as going into an org no, but, i cannot right but where you live is not an org it's, correct correct right. and they hate me right now they want me out right so you know i'm it's it's a little bit of a struggle so you have tape of them Admitting that this happened? Yes, I confronted the uh, the uh, the gentleman. I told him, you know, I'm gonna post this this on YouTube, mm. which I, I believe it's still up. If if I mm. did take take it down for some reason after this, I'm gonna put it right right back up. It's my truth on Scientology. Just look for that page. I'll, I'll try to have that up as soon as possible. Okay. My truth on Scientology. My, my truth on Scientology. My truth is one word. If you need to get a hold of me, my truth on Scientology at hotmail.com. Okay. Fantastic. All right. My goodness. Okay. Um, (laughs) You've been through quite a bit. So how have the last couple months been for you as all of this has just been mounting and mounting and mounting? Um, I get yelled at a lot when I when I go out, you know, by by who? By the other Scientology members like today um, there was some yelling going on outside. So I came outside to see what everybody was yelling about. And I was told, you know, shut up. And, you know, I mean, like right out in the middle of the street, you know, the neighbors are listening, you know, like I'm an asshole and all, all this other stuff. And anytime I say something, it's just immediately getting getting yelled at or completely ignored. I, I would rather be ignored. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Given those too. options. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, I think yeah, being being constantly harassed and being Correct. ignored, I pick, pick being ignored. Where is your head at right now, just in terms of what you learned about L. Ron Hubbard and his teachings and the content of Scientology? Do you still feel like maybe there's some useful stuff there, or are you removing yourself from that as well? Well, I'm trying to re- remove myself, but what what I have to keep remembering is that L. Ron Hubbard is a genius. I mean, I, I'm not going to argue with that. The, the guy is an absolute genius. And some of the stuff he says, it, it makes sense. It, it's very, very good. I would say a lot of people should read some of these books. Okay. Now, I'm, I'm a firm believer in that there is some good that can, that can come out of science, Scientology. The books are amazing. As far as the uh, tech, I don't really know about the e-meter. I mean, I've lied on it and passed. Mm. Um, mm. During, <laughs> during one, one auditing session, I, I had already told the, the truth a couple times. My needle had floated. And then I had heard a story about Christopher Reeves, Superman, yeah. who um, told them that, that basically a story out of Greek mythology, and he passed. So I said, you know what? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna try this. So I, I went up there and like uh, you talk about traumatic events which have happened in your past. Right. So I, I told a story about one time you know you flew like, too close to the sun or when you were strapped to the masthead and your ears were filled with beeswax. Even better. I told them <laughs> I, I remember growing up and it was it was a snowy day and I remember my mother had dressed me in like like a really big coat and like I had a hard time moving my arms and you know like it was just really hard. I, I had fallen into the snow. My my brother had to help me up. <laughs> Is this and a Christmas story? On the way to school, <laughs> Scott Farkas would always mess with us. He, he would always, like, like bully us. Shoot your eye out, kid. Oh, my God. This is so good. My needle floated. Oh. <laughs> 
And they were like, you're telling the truth? Absolutely. That's because amazing. they've never seen any media. And it was at that point, which which all faith that I had in the, the e-meter and all that just kind of went out the window. Yeah, that's fair. Well, we love that you you conducted a test. And I can't believe you yeah. actually got it, though, from a big puffy jacket. Oh, yeah, yeah, Brilliant. yeah. Oh, man. The, the many, many times I had to watch that movie as a kid, let me tell you. That was my grandpa's favorite film. Oh, okay. I thought for sure I would get found out when I mentioned the name Scott Farkas, but yeah. it, my needle floated. Oh, my gosh. That actually reminds me of an episode of The Office where they try to... Did, did you ever get to watch The Office? Oh, dude, I love The Office. Oh, okay, where they try to pass off stories to Michael as real, but they're things like, when my uncle Mufasa died right in front of his son. It's just so right. sad. Yeah. Any fun stories from when you were in Scientology, just things around the org? Um, I mean, the only real fun stories was when people would, would come up and harass us, when people would come toward, towards the org and they would film and all this other stuff. Um, fun story, we, we had a gentleman who just wouldn't leave, but he was standing on the uh, public sidewalk. Mm-hmm. And back at that time, I was like, you know, Scientology. Right. So what I, what I had to do is I had to go out there and read to him the way to happiness. Because if you read it to him, he will leave. So I sat out there... <laughs> For like almost 30 minutes just reading out loud like like I was an audiobook guy just the oh way to happen the guy just ended up leaving but um hey, so it worked but all he was doing is he was just kind of standing there and <laughs> why can't you stand outside of a church right. like that that kind of bothered me That's that, a that, red flag. that this gen he, he wasn't doing anything wrong he was just sitting there you know like he just decided this was his spot for the moment right and I had to go out and harass him you know he wasn't harassing us but looking back I had to go out there and harass him hmm Again, I was kind of a jerk. I mean, yeah, it, it does seem unchurchly to make your staff do that. It also seems unchurchly to not embrace the homeless and to drive someone out with this accusation that they're suicidal. When I was doing body routing, I was not allowed to bring anybody who was homeless, appeared homeless. Like, I understood, like, if you appeared to be on drugs, yeah, don't uh-huh. don't bring them in. Hmm. What I would always do is, like, I would still talk to them and I would get in trouble for that. You know, just, just for talking to somebody who look, looked like they had smoked a joint or something. Because you were wasting time? Because they, they had no money to give? They weren't able. So you only bring in able people. That's ableism. Yeah, what does that mean? All right, so basically, do you have 50 bucks for a book? Okay. Able able means able to pay. pay. Correct. Um, But if you're stoned or homeless or any kind of mental issue, you are unable. So their their goal is to help help the able-bodied people first. Then we'll we'll, 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 we'll get to the homeless. Once we can reach every able person on the planet, then we'll concentrate on the unable. Oh, my goodness. Good God. How does this translate to disability? Did they intentionally leave out people in wheelchairs and things? There was one gentleman that I knew. Very cool dude. He he was in a wheelchair. So I, I can't say that they discriminate against that. Okay. I, I don't know whether he came in in a wheelchair or that he happened to be in a wheelchair after he was in. But I, I believe his wife was Sea Org. So that may have some something to do uh, with it. Right. Okay. But I mean, the, the, the guy was super kind and he was always yeah. there. So like, I, I, I got to give him that. They, they didn't throw him out because he was in a wheelchair. Good. <laughs> Little tiny bit of counter evidence. That's good. <laughs> so you mentioned body routing. Mm-hmm. And uh, for those who don't remember, that's the process of getting people physically into the org. Correct. Can you talk about what your tactics were, your techniques for getting people in? Uh, basically, I would just walk up to them, you know, hand them my, uh, my, my OCA, you know, like free personality test. And then I would just explain to them what it is. Whatever problem you have, we can help you. 
<laughs> just follow me. Like, we are your savior. Except homelessness. Correct. And if you had to guess, what would you say was your success rate? How many people would take you up on well, that? Well, I, I know that I am responsible for bringing 73 people into the org that actually either purchased something or joined joined a class. Oh, and you have that specific number because you have stats, right? Well, I, 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 I kept track. Okay. You know, like, like I, I was proud of each and every single one of them at the time. Did you get rewarded for them? No. Oh, really? No, no commission no, you, or anything? No, you just bring them in. They, they take their test. They buy something. And then, like, for, like, I'd say about 71 of them, I never saw them again. Oh, sure. Okay. Hmm. But you felt like you had done something good for their lives? At the time, yes. Yes. Yeah. I was like, I helped save that man. But yeah. there wasn't any at the end of the week comparison. Here's a chart. And Trevor brought in six people. But Correct. you only brought in four. Correct. Yeah. I mean, if you didn't bring anybody in, it, it would be mentioned and they would retrain you in the uh, the, uh, process. Wow. Is there anything that you regret from your time in Scientology? Bringing 73 people in. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Like that that actually really like I, mm. I know my experience was, was not a positive one. So I can only imagine what these people are also going through. Mm. So I, I do feel some kind of level of responsibility. Unfortunately, I don't know who these people are anymore, so I have no way to contact them. Yeah. So, But you did say you didn't see 71 ever again. Do Correct. you think they stopped going to the church, or do you think that just they never crossed your path again? Well, I was always down towards the uh, train station, so I didn't really spend a lot of time in the org itself. Ah, I was okay. always either at a swap meet, at the train mm. station, walk, walking the streets, trying to bring people in. I mean, I would see some of them like in passing, you know, hey, how's it going? You know, But you bring 73 people in, you don't remember a whole lot. Of names, so sure. I, I tried to avoid. Like, I don't remember your name, so like, I would feel bad. So I, I would try like not to to say hi or something, you know, just like so, or not 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 to say hi, but to say hi, but not really get into a conversation because I didn't want them to know that I forgot their name. Right. Okay. Uh, I mean, well, for what it's worth, it does seem like Scientology doesn't have the greatest retention rate. So hopefully, <laughs> not too many of those seventy three stayed. I mean, it would be awesome to to know like their story, yeah. but I, I I will never know. Yeah. So like now, it's I I, I feel like I have to help at least 73 people hmm. in the time that I have left Aww. in this, this life. Oh, that's lovely. I'm sorry, 72 more. Oh, you already helped one? Correct. Well, I mean, I've done one good deed that, that I can say, you know what, I'm going to put a check mark on my board there and say I'm down to 72. What's well, your one good deed? It's not a good deed if you keep talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you're on the show, and I think you'll be helping a lot of people, those who get to hear you. Phew, you only have 71. As I was, was going to say, I'll put another check mark on the board, <laughs> and we'll consider it 71. <laughs> Fair enough. I feel like, you ever seen My Name is Earl? Yeah. Long ago. I feel like Earl, but I have a list of 72, but I don't know who they are. So I just got to find 72 strangers to, to help. Okay. Funny enough, Jason Lee was a Scientologist. Oh, right. Time. Not anymore, Not though. anymore, right? right? Not anymore. Okay. Good on you, Jason Lee. <laughs> Ross, I'm going to stop you right there. I just want to announce that we have a couple of Jumbotrons. Yes, you heard it here. And the first one is for Rena from Sean, who says, Hi, Rena. Happy birthday. I just wanted to thank you so much for introducing me to my favorite podcasts, All on Max Fun. Oh No, Ross and Carrie is a perfect podcast for us to bond over, and I look forward to more road trips with you, Katie, and our favorite Max Fun podcasts. Love from your brother, Sean. Ugh, Sean is the best. I've got the other Jumbotron right here, and it's from Clementine to Camille. And Clementine says, Merry Christmas to my bestest friend. Can't wait to see you in a few weeks and listen to OnRack together. Love you just as much. Aw. If I can pay attention to me and Ross for a second, were we on the rogues gallery? 
I have seen a picture of you guys. Yes, you. Oh. Um, they do hold six security briefings every now and then, and I, we were presented with pictures of people to look out for. And if we see them, we're to remove them from the org or re- report the encounter. I'm picturing and everybody. On that? You guys have been, as far as I know, uh, from what I was explaining, you guys are officially uh-huh. declared SP. And oh boy, and trotted out as as examples of people to remove. How many people do you think you had to memorize their faces? Uh, quite quite a few, quite okay. quite a few, quite a few. But the reason I, I knew you guys was because we had already had that conversation with oh, them, yeah, and I was like, oh shit, that's Ross and Terry. But <laughs> I'm guessing we're SP at least in a colloquial sense, where I doubt we have a golden rod attached to us since we were never involved members of uh-huh. the church. Yeah, well, they're not going to send us a declare. But but, but yeah, they... well, you don't have to be a member of the church to be SP. Okay. You, you you just have to speak out against them or critique them in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever L. Ron Hubbard writes is law. Mm-hmm. And if you argue with it, then that that's a problem. Even if it like doesn't make sense. Like we were <laughs> required to wash a window. We had to use a wet newspaper. Yes. Oh, I've heard about so, this. And even though it makes absolutely no sense. And, yeah, and, and in fact, <laughs> it's so difficult to wash a yeah. window with a uh-huh. newspaper. L. Ron said it. Because LRH wrote it. That's what you do. Okay. He can- is infallible. So thinking of that and circling back to L. Ron Hubbard's a genius, um, like which, so which things of his really compelled you? Because we do have lots of examples of him kind of saying nutty stuff. Mm-hmm. What did he say that you were like, oh, you know what? This is unique wisdom. All right. So the very first course I, I took was learning how to learn. Now, I would I would honestly recommend that to any child out there in the uh, school system. Um, you know how everybody tells you, go study this and study that? Well, how do you study? So he basically wrote, um, bro- broke it down on how to study. Okay. Um, if you're feeling this emotion, if you're feeling bored or tired, you're not understanding a word. So what, what you do is oh, right. you, you get a dictionary, mm-hmm. you, you mm-hmm. look up the word, you read the definition 10 times, you use it in sentences, you, you learn all the derivatives, everything about that. And you learn the word and then you go back and reread it. Mm-hmm. It actually works. Clear it's, up it's, that MU. Exactly. And like that is actually good advice. If, if you're not understanding something, pick up a dictionary. Yeah. It's, okay. It's good yeah. advice, right? I'll so, sign on to that. So, yeah, that, that's, that's great. Correct. Yeah. So, like, that's, I mean, I've seen Scientology's version of this where, you know, there's like footnotes to everything and we have to redefine the word house or whatever. Mm-hmm. That can get a little crazy. But it, it gets a little weird. And then I say, OK, give give me the definition of this word. And you give them the definition. You're like, even though you know what the word means, you have to go look up in a dictionary. You're like, oh, my God. Right. So and then you do that a couple of times. And you're like, I know what a house is, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Exactly. I, I may not know exactly what's written in Webster's, but I know what a house is. <laughs> right, right. You know, but you have to memorize what Webster's says. Right. Which Interesting. It, it makes sense because it, it keeps everybody on the uh, same page as far as language, as far as words, and your vocabulary really does get built. Okay. And the problem comes in is Scientology will sometimes twist the words and mm-hmm. give them other meanings. Right. Yes. Jargon. Like critical is a very bad word within Scientology. Oh, it's, it's one of the worst words. Hmm. Which is a good way to shield you against anyone who has a critical voice. Anytime you hear the word critical, then immediately you think, oh, that's bad. Bad. And yeah. again, at that point, uh, as a member, what you do is you stick your fingers in your ears and yell, nah, 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 and you don't listen. Right. Now, now here's something I'd love to ask you. because sure. Because you're taught in so many ways, really, you're inoculated against some of the arguments against Scientology. You're taught to only report misdeeds inside. Mm-hmm. You're, you're taught to you know, ignore the critics or to think of them as bad people. What do you think is the best inroad? How would you speak to someone who's still in Scientology? If you could speak to someone now, what would you say to them? 
I would say op- open your eyes, pay it, pay attention, and if you see anything that that you personally feel is wrong, then investigate that. Don't let somebody tell you that you're wrong for disagreeing with something which is written down. If you feel it's wrong, then for you, it's wrong. Like um, L. Ron Hubbard said, what is true for you mm-hmm. is true for you. <laughs> so if okay. something is wrong for me, then ah. it's wrong for, for me. And, and who are they, they to tell me that I should not disagree with something? That's brilliant. Yeah. I really Use like L. that. Use L. Ron against himself. Yeah, what is false for you is false for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it makes sense, right? <laughs> right. But yeah. it, they don't listen to that mm-hmm. you know if they feel something is wrong then hey if it's written down that's right that's what matters not not how i feel but what elron said right that's fantastic i've been looking for a good answer to that for a while and I, I like that best i do wonder um if that would work a little better on someone like you who had only been in for a short time just because someone who's grown up in the church i don't know i i wonder if even their own intuition about what feels wrong is developed by the church? I know a lot of the, or I've known a lot of the uh, Sea Org members, and it's very difficult to talk to them. It's almost like they are speaking a, a different language, and I've seen them do some things which are out ethics. And I mean, in my opinion, it's out ethics, but for them, it's just what they do and there's nothing wrong with it so yeah if you've grown up in the the, uh, church i can only imagine your mindset i I really can only imagine it i i did not grow up in the uh, the uh, church i've only been involved for about two years now and that's that's long enough I, Mm -hmm. i i can only imagine someone who's been involved for 30 years and who just believes that this is normal right so how far up the bridge did you get? Not very far. I was what they call staff status two. I have taken a lot of the uh, the uh, courses, but mainly I was concentrating on like the um, organization of Scientology and, and how to keep it running. Hmm. Okay. So did you know the sort of mythology behind Scientology? I have seen the South Park episode. Okay. <laughs> it was brilliant. I was not OT3, which is, um, right. from what I hear, where, where things get a little bit weird and alien-y. Right. I mean, I, I don't know for sure that that's true, but that, that's what I what I've heard, and That's, you've spent yeah. tens of thousands of dollars by the time you get there. Correct. The only thing I know about that is um, it's not Zemu. 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 Yes, yes. I have heard the man talk about Zemu because I've done a little bit of investigating on on my own. Is what is OT three? Because why wouldn't you, right? <laughs> and yeah, the the gentleman himself says Zemu. Mm-hmm. Chris Shelton, a longtime former Scientologist, uh, had been on our show. He mentioned that to us and blew us away. He also mentioned just how he was on staff for so long mm-hmm. and never made any progress because that sort of dangled in front of you. Yes. We'll subsidize your courses. We'll make it cheaper for you to, to access this learning. But you never have time to do it. You're so busy. Well, what, what it is is you spend a lot of time learning about body routing and a lot of your um, education. Like you do go on course, but it's more about how to um, run the building, how to do mm. your job, what it is to be a Scientologist on staff. Okay. It's not about Scientology itself. That is always like once you do do this, then you can start going up the, the bridge. And then there's always like one or two more things you mm. got to do before you can step foot on the bridge. Wow. Okay. Hmm. It's just like you got to take care of all the able people in the world and then you can worry about the homeless. Correct. Correct. Right. Gosh. Okay. Because the way they look at it is the uh, unable is going to take a lot of resources and a lot of time to help these people. Now, during, yeah, like a church might. During that <laughs> that time, you you could have helped five able-bodied people, or you could have concentrated on one guy. Which I mean, and I, I really hate to say it, but back then, it, it kind of made, made sense. sense. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's some healthy version of that, right, where you consider the fact that all your resources are limited and you want to do the most good you can and you don't want to spend all your attention on one person. That said, you'd think the people who are weakest and most vulnerable among us would figure into that equation somewhere. See, I actually have a heart. And, yeah. and, and I, <laughs> I noticed that like, about like, you. I went into it thinking I'm going to help people. Mm. You know, but I, I don't really think I, I got that opportunity to really help somebody who couldn't have helped themselves. So what do you want to do now? I just want to get my story out there. And if there is somebody like, like I was down in the basement, you know, listening to it illegally on a computer somewhere, you know, maybe look around and just kind of figure out, should you be here? Is this something that you can really get behind? Ask questions. If you disagree with something, raise your hand and find out what happens after that. Just watch and say, are they answering appropriately? The, the one thing which, which I struggled with the most in the church is when you do have an issue or you, you do want to speak up or say something, nobody listens to you. Like um, when I went to report the uh, sexual assault on my, my mother, I went down to the uh, church, was immediately escorted out of the building. Now I was talking to the OSA about it. They had me write down what, what happened. And I was like, well, that's kind of, I write it down for fair enough. So I wrote it down. I handed it into her and I said, hey, what's the next process? She looked me in the eyes and said, I don't care. That wow. that really messed with me because I yeah. I really had no other avenue. Like there there was nobody I could talk to. What I think would would be kind of neat is to create some kind of forum where current Scientologists who are great with it and love it, or people like like me who have a few issues, can actually get together and have a conversation. Like we're not supposed to do. You're not supposed to talk to somebody who's critical about them. Why? If if you're right, defend yourself. Yeah. That's a healthy attitude. So, Do you think that you'll be able to get active Scientologists on board with that, though? I don't know. I'm starting a uh, YouTube channel called My Truth on Scientology. I've already got that. I do have the email mytruthonscientology at hotmail.com. Um, oh. I don't know if anybody will, but if you have a story, I will listen. And if you want me to put you on tape and record it, if you want me to film you, if you want to send me a video, we can all post it on one YouTube channel. I won't even put ads on it, so I won't make make anything. But it gives current Scientologists, old Scientologists, people who are critical, a chance to have a discussion. And I think that's the one thing that the church, church is missing. That's a great service. Absolutely. Also, we should mention, you, you brought it up, and also sure. uh, Chris Shelton, the Aftermath Foundation. Mm -hmm. Just for anybody who's listening, transitioning out of Scientology, that's another place you can go to to get resources. I just recently found out about it. I, I, I have sent, sent them an email kind of just oh, to, um, describing my situation. I say, hey, you know, is there anything I can help you with or is there anything you can help me with? Glad to hear it. Well, is there anything that you're, you're just like, you know, this is the one thing that people need to know? Yes. One thing that really bit me in the ass when they were promising the apartment and all this other stuff, their main belief, one of their main beliefs is if it's not written down, it's not true. Mm. So if mm. you're thinking of going on staff, if you're thinking of going in there and they, they promise you anything, mm -hmm. have them write it down ah. because otherwise it's not true. And more than likely, it's a carrot. They are dangling in front of you and it's a lie. Ah, okay. Great so advice. when you said if it's not written down, it's not true. I interpreted that as if you make an assertion, they'll say, well, it's not written down. You're lying. 
No, like when when I had tried to report the uh, Sea Org members, which had made that promise about the housing and all, uh-huh. like, we're going to do this, we're going to do this for you. I was asked, did they write it down? I said, well, no. Well, then it's not true. Uh, so wow. the, they these guys got away with everything because I didn't have them write it down. So, but, but you you gave them so much service correct. on a false premise. Correct. Oh, let me ask you something then. I have written to them a number of times and said, hey, listen, you keep kicking me out of orgs. Do you not want me to come? If you don't want me to come, just, just tell so. me. Yeah. And they won't write back. Do you think it's because they don't want that paper trail? I think it's more just because they don't want to deal with it. Or I mean, I, I, I don't know for, for sure. But if somebody had, when I when I was writing letters, if somebody had written me back with like a, a critical letter, I probably just would have thrown, thrown it away or just completely ignored it. Mm, okay. Right. Because, uh, again, don't engage with people who are, uh, are, right. are critical. And if they even thought you were SP, by by them responding to you, they, they may have gotten they in, in trouble. They become a PTS. Correct. <sighs> Uh, see how self-reinforcing this all is? It's such a mess. Um, you know, I go to Kaiser, which is right next to Big Blue. Mm-hmm. And so I pass by um, Sea Org members all the time. And they will hand me Dianetics brochures and whatnot and say, have you heard of this? And I've just come to saying like, oh, yes, I'm in your rogues gallery. And they, oh, man, do they shut down. Their eyes get really ender. wide. And oh, uh, duh, uh, OK. And then do they pull out they their, their uh, cell phones and record you or take, take pictures? No, there was one guy who really hovered above me and kind of just followed me across mm. the sidewalk. I, you know, I think they're really used to intimidating people and I'm sort of unintimidatable that way. So, you know, it's just like, hi, <laughs> so you follow me. Do you want me to get you a tea? I'm going to get tea, <laughs> you know, and then that seems to sort of take the yeah. teeth out of it one of the, the things they they instruct you on is if, if you're out in the field and you're recruiting if anybody kind of gives you a hassle or something snap 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 a picture of them so that uh, we know who they are or we can we've put certainly them on the seen that right. behavior yeah. before yeah, yeah of course yeah. Uh, that, that's very common if somebody is like has questions that are weird just snap 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 their picture and um turn it into the osa and you know they'll investigate it from there questions that are weird yes yeah that. Or like, you know, someone walks up to you yelling, cult, cult, you, you snap their their picture. Mm. Right, right. Yeah, uh, that seems like the theme of this, isn't it? No questions allowed. Correct. Yeah. Which is weird. Like, I, I am the kind of person that I, I, I question things. Good for you. You know, and, it, and it, it, it's really weird how it took me so long before my eyes opened and I said, hey, this is a little bit weird. Yeah. Like, usually I'm the first one to go, well, that's odd. You know, but this like I, I really did try to go in there with um, good intentions and like I, I bought into it at first and then it started to get weird. Hey, you made it out before a lot of people did. You know, and, and that, that that's kind of bothersome that there are still people possibly going through some of the stuff that, that I went through. Yeah. And like we'll probably never hear about it. Mm. We remember the first time that you reached out to us, mm-hmm. you mentioned when they told me not to listen to you. That just made me want to listen to you all the more. And we were like, that's our kind of man. And we said, this guy's not long for Scientology. (laughs) If somebody tells me don't do something, like, that's one, not illegal, and, like, you know, is not hurting anybody, then I'm going to look into, well, why not? Like, like what are what is Ross and Carrie saying that they don't want me to hear? Mm. Because w- what I need to do at that point is I need to hear what you're saying so I can kind of weigh the two and say who's right. Absolutely. Like, I'm not the kind of person that just, that just sticks to one side and says, well, whatever you say, sir, I want to make up my own mind. Good that, for you. That's called being healthy. That's called not being a Scientologist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much. This has been incredible. I really hope I, I, you know, was 
a good guest, and hopefully some- You were a wonderful guest. We are thrilled to hear your story, and, uh, and thrilled that you reached out to us. It means so much. I, I'm, I, I'm just honored to be here, and thank you guys for the opportunity to get part of my story out there. There's really so much more that I don't think we could cover like in an hour or so, sure. yeah. um, but it will come out eventually, and you know, if you want, you can continue like watching my little YouTube channel or whatever. If you, know, you want me back as a guest, absolutely, let, let me know. Let's okay. stay in touch. No and we want to hear uh, how it goes. So we hope people listening send you stories and well, keep us informed. One, one thing that's probably going to happen after this is I'm going to be officially de- declared SP. And if anything happens, like I was telling Ross, the only power that I have at this point is to bust out my cell phone and just film them while they mess with, with me. So mm-hmm. if anything like, like that happens, I'll, I'll definitely report back because I have a feeling things are probably going to get interesting. And if yeah. there is a Scientology member listening or OSA, as long as you guys leave me alone, I will leave you alone. If you mess with me, I'm going to record every single thing you do, and I'm going to report back. That's the only power that I have. Good deal. All I want to do is get out my truth. Because, again, what's true for me is true for me. And if you guys want to debate me, if you guys want to say I'm wrong, awesome. Come on this show. Maybe, maybe we can have go. a debate on this show. Oh, 100%. If oh, David yeah. Miscavige wants to sit in this fourth empty chair across from me, <laughs> yeah, any we of will you, have him. Any of you in the OSA listening to this right now, you are welcome on the show. Mm-hmm. Yes, you. No, you're looking behind you. No, you. <laughs> Come on the show. We want to talk to you. And, like, I would recommend that because, like, it really does say something for, like, a church or a person where if somebody's being critical, come and talk. You know, yeah. tell me or, or tell Ross and Carrie why they are wrong. And and so, so support your opinion, yourself. Don't, don't just shut down and... You know, not say anything or, or say I'm an evil person because I'm I'm speaking out, you know, like so, you you guys, uh, because you're reporters or media are, are put at the same level as a pedophile. Oh, great. We, we are taught there's no difference between a pedophile or a journalist. Now, the 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 one question I have is, is it because journalists are down here? On and, the tone scale, and and, and, and journalists are, are pieces of shit, or is it because pedophiles are up here and okay? <laughs> you know, right, right? Yeah, are we saying something good about pedophiles or something bad about journalists? Because like, right. like, I have a high opinion of, of journalists. Oh, now, good. if I have a high opinion of journalists and I'm supposed to have the same opinion on pedophiles. What does that tell you? I'm supposed to say, hey, pedophiles are great. Oh. You know, the, the world needs more pedophiles. I, I would never say that. Yeah, right. You know? Sure. I'm, sure. A, I'm glad you're out, Trevor. We're glad to have you. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, that's it for our show. We want to thank Danny Barwella for acting as our engineer today. Yeah, and Maximum Fun for letting us use their fine facilities to record this interview. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. We'd like to thank Matthew Struger for legal advice for this episode. Our administrative manager is Ian Kramer. You can find pictures... You can see videos that we share, all kinds of fun things on facebook.com forward slash onrack, O-N-R-A-C. And you can find us on Twitter at Ono Podcast, which was recently disabled because <laughs> I told Twitter that we were seven years old. Whoopsie doodle, but they, it's back. They asked our birthday. So you said <laughs> so when the I show said, started. That's when it started. And then they said, well, you have to be 13 to have Twitter. <laughs> I can hear Danny laughing out there. <laughs> that's great. That's great. You can 
really help the show by leaving us positive reviews wherever you found us. So iTunes, Spotify, that does help people find us. You can also post images on Google that Scientologists might look up. And uh, just one more time, your YouTube channel. It's uh, My Truth on Scientology. So, my, my Truth is one word. Okay, got it. So look that up. Um, and also you can support us at MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. And remember, one of the most important things you can do as a Scientologist is add the X before it. Uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a second. Yeah, I know. My brain went, is a Scientologist? <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you thank, so thank much. Thank you, guys. Like, it, it really does mean a lot to actually have somebody finally listen. Good. Thanks for listening to that, everybody. The Church of Scientology denies many of the claims that Trevor made in this interview. So we sent them an itemized list of claims, uh, including what Trevor describes as a sexual assault on his mother, that he was discouraged from listening to our show, that the Valley Org discriminates against people experiencing homelessness, and that the church sued him for back rent. And when the church responded, they focused mostly on this last point about the church suing him for back rent. And they pointed out that Trevor's lawsuit is between himself and a Scientologist rather than the church itself. And that although the issue of back rent was dropped, he was ultimately ordered by the court to move out by February 12th. And they did uh, include the court document that verifies that much. So the church asked us to read their statement in full. And it says, Dear Ms. Poppy, we have received your request. Here is our response. No Church of Scientology has ever sued Mr. Heasley as he claims. We did find a recent case against Mr. Heasley in which his landlord, Mr. William Atkins, filed an unlawful detainer action against Heasley for unpaid rent. On December 12, 2008, a stipulated judgment was entered in favor of Mr. Atkins, requiring Heasley to quit the premises by February 13, 2019. Mr. Atkins graciously agreed to forgive the months of unpaid back rent owed to him to to be able to put this matter behind him. A copy of the judgment is enclosed. You and your listeners will see it shows that Mr. Heasley is not telling the truth about his lawsuit. He has similarly failed to support any of his other claims. The Church of Scientology of the Valley is an active contributing member of its community, opening its doors to host charity events and activities for people in its neighborhood. It is unfortunate that Mr. Heasley has decided to react the way he has to the kindness and generosity extended to him, by Mr. Atkins and the church. We hope he is ultimately able to get his life in order. If you still decide to air your podcast in light of the above facts, we request that you include our response in full. Regards, the Media Relations Department. So in my response, I asked the church whether Trevor was told not to listen to our podcast, a question I had posed in my initial email, but that seemed to be overlooked here. And also whether the church allows its members to consume media that's critical of the church in general. And here is their follow-up response. Dear Ms. Poppy, Scientologists are free-thinking people from all walks of life, and they are not told what they can or cannot do in life. You should know that Mr. Heasley has made threats to church members as well as provably false statements. For the true information on Scientology, I invite you to visit www.scientology.tv. Regards, Media Relations Department. Well, we'll let you make your own judgment about that. 
And if Scientologists really are welcome to listen to anything they want, then among the thousands of people who will listen to this in the next few months, there's sure to be some Scientologists, right? So contact us. We'd love to talk. Thanks for listening. Hey, gang, uh, this is Jesse, and I am joined by Bikram, the managing director of Maximum Fun. Hi, everyone. So we have some really amazing news to close out 2018. After this spring's pledge drive, we gave members the chance to buy enamel pins with the full profits of those sales going to the National Immigration Law Center. This is a tough time to be an immigrant in the United States. As individuals, as a company, and as a community, we wanted to help provide resources for immigrants in the face of these attacks. We're proud to live in a nation of immigrants, and many of us here at Max Fun are immigrants or the children of immigrants ourselves. Together, we raised over $100,000. NILC will put that money to good use, providing legal representation to immigrants and their families who wouldn't otherwise be able to afford it. We are so proud of our community for making such an immense difference in so many lives. And whether you bought pins or not, you can help the NILC advocate for immigrants right now. All you have to do is go to MaximumFun.org slash N-I-L-C. That's MaximumFun.org slash N-I-L-C. Our thanks go to all of you who made this possible. Great work, everybody. And happy holidays from all of us at MaxFun. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.